the convergence of a new energy communication mix that could bring us biosphere consciousness and extend empathy to the human family as a diverse family, our fellow creatures as part of that family in one biosphere. What we have now is a, an old civilization that's dying on life support in a new civilization with a new consciousness being born. The old civilization is the second industrial revolution based on fossil fuel energies. They're all sunsetting. The prices are continuing to go up for oil, coal, gas, and uranium will never come down again. Sure. And all the technologies of the 20th century are based on those energies. And the entire infrastructure civilization is embedded in those energies. And it's on my support. It's, it's obviously in an end game. It isn't going to grow again. The new civilization being born is the third industrial revolution. It's a collaborative economy. And it's based on four pillars. One, renewable energies. Pillar two in the infrastructure is every building to a power plant. So you collect your own energy, like you collect your own information on your desktop computer. So you'll have a solar roof on the building, vertical wind, heat under the ground, garbage converted to energy. That'll start a construction boom because you have to convert every single building to be your own little power plant. Pillar three, we're putting in hydrogen to store that energy because the sun isn't always shining and the wind isn't always blowing. So you have to store that renewable energy in the form of hydrogen. Then pillar four is the most interesting pillar. That's where the internet revolution and communication combines with the distributed energies. The new divide is whether you're centralized, patriarchal, top-down, I see you nodding, that's the old way with the old elite energies, the old business models, or whether you think distributed, collaborative, open source, open commons. So what we have is a younger generation whose whole thinking is distributed, flat, and open source. The third industrial revolution is the model for that. And so we say to a younger generation that grew up empowered to create their own information and share it in open spaces. Now you can create your own energy and share it in social commons across entire continents. This is the next great project. The changes in empathy occur when new energy revolutions converge with new communication revolutions. They change our frame of reference. They change the way the brain understands reality and they change consciousness. Every forger hunter society in history, they forged, they hunted, that was their energy. about 
tiro o sol Como tiro o pó De um velho paletó E pondo os pés na lama Seu sapato feito só De barro pra ser casco Quando então pisar na grama embarrassment of riches <laughs> to pile it on. The analogy between sex and psychedelics that I think is the cogent one and uh, is very few people go through life without ever brushing up against sexuality. I mean, you have to have a truly bizarre biography for it to never come and get you. Uh, on the other hand, it is not only possible, but millions and millions of people do go from the cradle to the grave without ever having a psychedelic experience. Well, to my mind, this is just uh, an instance of an appalling infantilism that is culturally sanctioned. I mean, the culture not only doesn't care if you never find out about this and remain forever uh, adolescent, well, immature, virgin, good word. The society not only does it not care, it's specifically interested in seeing that you don't have this experience. Well, it's, a, it's part of the birthright. This is what religion was for the first million years. It was the celebration of an ecstatic reality that could be coaxed out of a magical relationship with nature. I mean, and it's still there. The portals are still there. Your RS-232 outlet into hyperspace is still in place, even though, you know, nobody's may have plugged in in your family line since Alaric burned Eleusis. Nevertheless, the hard wiring is there, the self-recognition. Uh, we are children without this, and not in the sense of innocent, but in the sense of infantile, because this is part of the birthright. How can anyone else, how can anyone else decide for someone else that access to the transcendental reality shall be barred? I mean, if somebody somewhere in the world puts a lien on a religion, people are waving their arms and outrage. This is deemed to be one of the most fundamental kinds of interference with the dignity of the individual. 
Well, but if your religion involves the practical accessing of the transmundane through means sanctioned by millennia of usage, I mean, I'm not an advocate for everything that rolls out of the laboratory. I'm an advocate for things sanctioned by millennia of usage. And to have a profane government interpose itself between you and that reality, why, it's ludicrous. You just have to read your Thoreau to know what you do in that case. And if you don't have time for Thoreau, I'll tell you. You just ignore it. It's a bunch of baloney. That's a completely out-of-hand move on the part of the oppressor-dominator mentality. So, sex took me on a trip there, but I hope you liked the first part of the answer.
gonna change, man. It ain't gonna be like that forever. I hope so, man. I mean, just fucking a Baltimore. One point five million worth of heroin being sold on a daily basis. Yeah, I heard. I mean, the heroin situation is like one point. Why are you guys doing heroin? What, who's you guys? That's the fucking thing. And supposedly man. out there, uh, meth and heroin's new shit for y'all. Really? That's what the high school kids are doing that shit. Meanwhile, motherfuckers are putting Land Rovers on the moon, and like, I, yeah, where you, you think they're getting the money to do that shit from? From from the crack sales from the You're damn right. You no, got you. You I'm are sorry. damn right. It all plays a part, man. It all. Plays I'm sure it's someplace, but yeah. You know what's funny that I realized today? I was taking a walk in the hills, and I was trying to study uh, solar photovoltaics. You know the shit they put on the roofs, the silicon ingots, and I was trying to understand why we're only at the panels we have are only at twenty percent efficiency. Why? This guy's giving a presentation at Stanford, Indian guy. And, he, you know, he, on his page, he has slides where he's showing his equations and how he's working out these problems and how he's coming to these conclusions because of the physics. And I'm just thinking, fucking A. I'm listening to what these people are on. They're in levels on stratospheres. They're thinking of things that are so far beyond. And I'm just like, we're getting left behind, man. Like... We have no idea the exotic levels these motherfuckers are inhabiting and are creating and are innovating and pioneering, creating companies. They're sending shit to other planets. They're, sh- they're sending back photos from Saturn's moons. Like this, I, I can't even, with all my education, I cannot even wrap my head around how to create a fucking radio or, or how to make a TV. Like, for instance, I realized listening to this, this new solar technology that basically humanity, it's a riddle. And the only way to ascend the higher planes of the riddle is to evolve. You have to evolve and become more nuanced. And the more nuanced you become, the more you can unlock certain keys that open doors onto new spectrums. And then you, you puzzle over that for a while and you keep climbing up and ascending. The solar technology that we're unlocking is nuanced. Ambient electrons are flowing from the sun onto our earth, and we're just collecting them in, into, these, into these surfaces rather than fracking, blowing up the ground. I mean, but you, you don't believe in, uh, in, in global warming, though, do you? You know, that Al Gore shit seemed a little fishy, so I don't know. In energy coming off the sun and collecting it, there's zero emissions. There's zero greenhouse effects. Yeah. From it. It's coming onto the earth anyway. You're grabbing it and you're making electricity from it. Uh, new Almost one. like you're supposed to, you know, like yeah, of course. air for you. But anyway, the, the point I was getting at was that the way evolution and consciousness is set up is it's a riddle, a constantly evolving riddle. You have to evolve to open up doors and solve things. And the more you evolve, the more nuanced you become, the more technology is a reflection of that. And so we're entering into a solar quantum era. Solar energy is going to be how we derive our most of our energy, solar and renewables. And even the solar, the, the level of solar we're on now, to that more nuanced solar where you can get all of the spectrum of the sun. It's like a rainbow spectrum. Right now we're just getting one color, just the blue, ultraviolet. The new level where the, the 
the PV efficiencies are going to be like 80%. Right now, they're only at 20% when you can get the red, the yellow, the green, the blue, all the different colors. It's beautiful how the, the riddle is unfolded. It, the whole, the whole plan. as well, too, though. Never ending. It's, it's poetic. It's scientific. What did you say? I said it's psychotic as well, too. Why do you say it's yeah. psychotic? I mean, because it's just some never-ending... Oh, yeah. You, know, you don't know where the fuck you are. You don't know where you're going. A total mystery. Total mystery, man. It's like a psycho mystery. We literally could be inside of a simulation created by ETs where they have it mapped out where there's nothing around us so that we can solve the riddle and then get out of the simulation to greet them. Like, it's insanity. No, I don't, I don't know. Come on, bro. Where are they? Where are, Out of all the planets, all the stars, we still don't have concrete camera footage of ETs. Where are they? I think we are in a simulation. No. We're, we're in a no. game grid. We're in a grid no. where there's nothing there. Cause, so how do you advance then? How are you going to get anywhere if you're saying something outside of the all is responsible for your life? No, 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 no. Not outside of the all. The all encompasses everything. It does, but you're saying something that has almost the same power as the all that can create never, never. this? The, all, the all's power could, could be infinite orders of magnitude even stronger than what would be like a god to us. Like an a, a alien civilization that created this simulation that we're in would be like gods to us. The all could be infinite orders of magnitude above even them. And I'm not saying there can't be, but you know, how is there that demigod or that semi-creator or whatever your pastor to the infinite as opposed to just tuning in and turning that frequency that you are the receiver and just getting right to it you know like that's what that's, why not it could be so I think aliens bow down to God as well too that's my whole shit it's just like everybody bows down to the fucking all to the unknown that's that's one theory, and I'm also open to the fact that there could be no alien civilization. Oh, it could just be the all, and we're created. We're in this simulation. What is creation, bro? What is existence? It's a simulation. It's a creation on a grid that the all created. It's a simulation. He created, or he it created a, a set of physical laws and principles, a cosmos, a universe, planets, sun, humans, wars dramas, victories, success, it created all of these dynamics within a, a, a scale, a grid, a game. I don't think so we are in a simulation. I don't think it's a game per se. I think it's like a demonstration of unconditional love yet to be understood. Quantum physicists are presupposing now or putting forward the simulation theory. And it's true. I mean, this, if you just think of even from the Bible perspective, God created the earth and the so this waters and the sun and the stars that's a simulation that's a whatever you want to call it it created a situation for humans to be in for these dramas to take place for what reason i don't know so yeah we're in a simulation and guess what you you, you lose the body then you realize you, as you're standing beside the body that you left your, your quantum consciousness existing in a non-local field shit is crazy
to all the certain certainties, your life complete, completely becomes boring. I mean, even me and my existence, me and my girl, we don't really go out that much. Well, you know, Saturdays we do this, Sundays we do this, groceries. But anyone who's married or has that kind of regimentation, there's, there's that insanity that creeps in of like, oh my God. Have you ever felt that way? Like, this is... I try to mix it up. I really do. But yes, of course. Oh, my God. I can't operate in that situation. That'll have me moving all around the planet, too. I'm glad I'm not alone. That feel... What do you do when you get that feeling? Try to shake it off, man. Because if you let it fester and sit, it'll have you doing... You know, it'll just have you completely going against everything. What kind of desperation are people living in? Like, like you see, motherfuckers bug out. They they bounce. Yeah, like yo, this can't be it. That shit is that's that's a hard one to swallow, man. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of people living together happily, and, and who are very happy with each other, and still feel that thing in the back of their heads. You know, of like, I'm going crazy right now. Like, how many times am I going to see this person? How? Every day is the same. Like that's the crazy shit for me, and that's why I'm glad I told my girl, like, yo, you gotta go to New York. I'm going to Japan. We gotta fucking deviate. We gotta be like nature. We have to reflect like nature. Nature has seasons. Nature has dynamics. You know, you can't just stay in this inflexible field. That's death. Everything's boring. You have to be like nature and adapt. That's why a lot of marriages are failing. People are going against nature. That's an antichrist fucking situation. It has to deviate. Hmm. So we got to be more nuanced, man, like nature. Everything needs a break. Everything needs a breast. This is how you have your cake and eat it, too, by the way. How so? Because I'm still, I still have my relationship, which I love and I, and I treasure, I adore. But right now, I'm an individual. She is being an individual, and that's also bringing fruits and dimension and culture to the relationship. She's out there gathering fruits and flowers mm. to her character, more facets, and so am I. I get a chance to breathe and recharge as an individual and then come back together. So I'm, I'm having both my cake and I'm eating it too. I'm still in my relationship, but I'm an individual fully and totally for a few days. This is the, the way of the future. How often would it have to be for it to be a regular thing? I think it's, you know, something that is peculiar okay. to every person, peculiar to every person's uh, needs. But for me, I feel like it, it's got to be at least a month a year, a twelfth of the year. I guarantee if you instituted this as a cultural norm, the divorce rates would come down. Seventy-five percent of the divorce rates would come down. It's just not sustainable. The way, the way marriage is going, that's not sustainable because it's inhuman. To, to be on a fixed rate of mundane existence and to say, hey, this is how it's going to be forever, by the way. It's, it's total insanity. And anyone who's sane and healthy is going to find a way out of that situation. Or else they're going to go postal. <laughs> oh, man. And, and the funny thing is, it's, to me, it's obvious. It's just natural. Everything needs a break except for this institution, which is really bizarre, because I think it's set with those old romantic notions of lovebirds together forever. Yeah. Every mm -hmm. single day, every single minute, I love you forever. It's just not sustainable. Nothing can do it. You can't sprint for fucking forever. 
You can't walk forever. You got to sleep. It's not real. I'm so happy right now. I'm just really thankful to have some days. I don't know what to do with myself. should have an itinerary laid out. Time to 
Political discourse, every term has two meanings. You've got to start by recognizing that. So democracy has an official meaning, which is something like, you know, the ability of the public to take part in running their own affairs or something. But it also has a technical meaning, the one that's actually used. Uh, something is a democracy if it's run by the business classes. If, if business runs it, especially business elements that are supportive of U.S. interests, then it's a democracy. If not, it's not a democracy. It doesn't matter. Nothing else matters virtually. Uh, you'll check, you'll notice that this criterion works quite perfectly for identifying democracies. Uh, same is true of the term peace process. It has a dictionary meaning. In the dictionary meaning, a peace process is some kind of process that's trying to lead towards peace. But it also has a technical meaning. Uh, the technical meaning, in its technical meaning, it refers to whatever the United States happens to be advocating at a particular moment. Uh, uh, whatever diplomatic initiatives the United States is advocating, that's the peace process. Uh, notice it follows that it's a logical impossibility for the United States to be opposed to the peace process. That's a nice consequence. Uh, you, to prove that the United States is for peace, you don't have to do any laborious inquiry into the annoying facts, because it's true by definition. Since the peace process is whatever the United States is up to, the United States is always supporting peace. And the U.S. enemies are always opposed to peace uh, because they're not supporting what the U.S. is up to, and by definition that means uh, uh, 
uh, they're opposed to peace. Uh, you'll never find in the U.S. media, or for that matter, in U.S. scholarship, for the most part, any such phrase as the United States is opposing the peace process, or the United States is trying to block the peace process. You can't find such statements because they'd be logical contradictions. Actually, I made this statement in a talk in Seattle a couple of months ago, and there is a media analysis group in graduate school there, and a couple of weeks later I got it. Political discourse is locked into this crazy tiny little range. You get outside of that political discourse, there's reality staring you in the face. I think the entire political discourse that we're trapped inside of could break off any year. I don't think it's going to happen immediately, but any year the entire political discourse could just break off. Elon Musk finally decides he's ready to be president of the United States of America, runs a set of campaign ads that simply destroy the entirety of Western culture in, you know, three one and a half minute slots. You know, <laughs> there's Kennedy, there's the space race, here is panspermia, this is our destiny, we have to reorganize our politics to enable us to take care of all the people on Earth and build a future for our children in the stars. Anybody that's not talking to you at these levels is hopelessly behind the curve. Here is a picture of my rocket ship landing on Mars and my friends, the settlers. <laughs> right? At any moment. Fura, global dictator, right? Just put Elon Musk in charge. What this situation needs is a pharaoh, and we've picked that one. Because if we can't deliver that kind of leadership from humanity, from democracy, let's go back to the pre-feudal, you know, the pre-democratic, pre-feudal systems, agree that we've appointed him pharaoh, and just do what the man tells us. <laughs> Sounds hilarious, but if it gets us out of this mess, why the hell not? It could be summed up by saying that the opposable thumb is the Earth's genitals. Build spaceships and fertilize faraway planets with your opposable thumbs, oh monkey. You know, the rocket ship looks like a very small sperm, and a, an empty planet looks like a very large egg, and you take the Earth's DNA, load it into one of these, you know, small kind of phallic objects, fire it at barren planets, and bring them to life.
Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to tune into this podcast. This is the Emerald Lane podcast coming from Emerald Lane Solutions out of Los Angeles, California. My name is Sonny Coates. We appreciate the support. Thank you to everyone who's written me asking for more podcasts. More are coming. Serving mankind. Keep the vibe up, baby. You're looking at yourself a lot Standing in the glass with a costume on Both knowing that you were caught Ruffled dresses and parasols